Hi everyone, Daniel Ramsey here, the CEO of My Outdesk and the host of Scale the Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to having conversations that unlock the exact formula and strategies multi-million and billion dollar companies use to scale their business. You can visit me on our website at scalethepodcast.com or listen to this podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Hey everyone, Daniel Ramsey here. I'm really excited because we got our good friend, John Israel, otherwise known as Mr. Thank You here with us today. Um, as you guys know, uh, I'm the CEO and founder of My Outdesk. We help businesses scale through leverage, hiring virtual assistants and virtual professionals. John, thanks for joining us today. What's our topic? We're gonna talk about uh, you know, how businesses can create an ROI on gratitude. And that is the world I live in. I professionally help people say thank you, uh, whether it be through our gifting strategy systems or through a lot of keynote speaking I do. Um, we, have, we have some cool things that we've done and we teach people around how to authentically express appreciation that makes a difference and also influences and impacts your business. ROI for thank you and gratitude. Uh, gratitude. I, I like that. That's going to be an interesting topic. Um, <laughs> it always is. John, all right, let's dive in, man. Let's talk about your story because I, I personally, um, I, I love, I love the history of Mister Thank You. I like where it came from, what it was required to, you know, craft that thing. I think it's just good for the audience to get that backstory. Yeah, so for sure. So the, um, the, I'll, I'll dive in uh, into the the Mister Thank You project, like what it is, how it came about, um, and what I, the best way to start that is to know this kind of first story that happened inadvertently when I was 19 years old. Um, and I, this is back when I was a, a Cutco salesman selling Cutco knives house to house as a 19 year old college kid. And nice. it was, uh, yeah, back then I lived in San Diego, California. And I didn't, you know, sell Cutco because I love knives or I love selling, but I just, I needed to pay for school. And that's, that's who hired me <laughs> back then. <laughs> so, so I remember this summer I was out, you know, meet with clients face-to-face. Uh, -face. We would go out to their homes, and I was doing a presentation for a woman named Cynthia. And she was a single mom. She was a nurse, and she had two boys that had just moved out of the house. And so she was kind of, you know, home alone, but she was super nice. She got referred in by a friend, and uh, I came out and did a presentation of Cutco Knives, and she bought a modest order of, of our product, and, um, you know, which is, which, is, which is cool. But what I really enjoyed about Cynthia was just meeting her as a person, just like that building rapport process. And you have a lot of salespeople in, you know, that watch this and listen. And you know what that's like, where you meet someone who just, you really connect with instantly. She, I just loved hearing, it was like, she was like my second mom, uh, you know, after 45 minutes. Right. So she placed an order. And then what happened is a couple, uh, a couple days go by and then I get a call from Cynthia. And she says, uh, hey, John, I need you to cancel my order, hmm. which was really shocking because in my career, no one had ever canceled anything. And I didn't really know where this came from. And I was kind of shocked. And I said, did, did I do something? Did I, did I say something like, well, what happened? And she says, yeah, I can't really talk about it, but I just, I just need to know that you can cancel my order. I said, wow. yeah, I'm sure I can. So I, I canceled her order and, and then that was that. And it was, it really bothered me, Daniel, because for any of you who've had a client that was great, that ultimately stopped doing business with you, there's that that moment where you have to just sit with the question, what did I do? What could I have done? What could I have said that might've shifted this client's behavior? And I, I couldn't figure it out. And Daniel, I can't tell you to this day what, what 
challenge, what encouraged me to do this, but I, I went to my mom's desk and I grabbed a piece of stationery and I decided to write Cynthia a thank you card. And I wrote something really simple. It said, uh, dear Cynthia, I just wanted to say uh, thank you for your time. Um, I really enjoyed getting to meet you and to learn about your life and your family and your boys that you're so proud of. And, and uh, I, while I know right now is not the time for you to be buying any Cutco, I just want to let you know I just loved getting to meet you as a person. And if you ever need anything in the future, feel free to let me know. Here's my cell phone number. Take care. Cutco John. That's why I signed everything back then was Cutco John. That was my tagline. <laughs> Cutco John to Mr. Thank you. I guess I'm good with taglines. Before but. Mr. Thank you. Yeah. Cutco uh, John. <laughs> and, and so here was the crazy thing, Daniel. So two things happened. Number one, instantly I felt better. Being able to take this, this painful experience and bring gratitude by just saying thank finding a way to say thank you and finding uh, something to appreciate in the moment, which was what, what's there to appreciate is this woman gave me some of her time. And so I thanked her for it. The second thing that happened was two years later, I'm sitting in my college dorm room and I get a phone call out of nowhere. And uh, I answer the phone and this woman on the other end says, is this Cutco John? And I said, yes, of course, this is Cutco John, who's this? She says, well, you might not remember me, but my name is Cynthia. And I tried to buy some knives from you several years ago, but I had to cancel my order. And I said, oh my gosh, of course I remember you, Cynthia. Like, how's everything going? She says, well, it's a lot better now, and I, I wanted to see if I can place an order with you. So I say, sure, of course. And I, I pull out an order form, and she starts listing out everything she wants. And it was crazy, Daniel. She just kept listing things off and listing things off. And, and I had to grab a second order form because she was about to buy, like, that much Cutco. It was about to be one of the biggest orders in my career, and I was totally blown away. This came out of nowhere. And when she was finished and she paid with her credit card, I, she says, you know, John, do you know why I'm calling you right now? I said, I have no idea. She says, well, what I couldn't tell you all those years ago when I had to cancel my order is that I just found out that I was very sick. Hmm. I was so sick that I actually had to leave my job. Uh, I was so sick that my boys who had just moved out of the house that I was all proud of had to move back in to take care of me while I went through treatment. And well, the last thing I wanted to do was cancel my order with you, I just, I had to. And then when I got your letter in the mail, I realized that you valued me as a human being more than just a customer. Hmm. And I told myself when I get healthy one day, I'm going to call this kid and I'm going to buy every damn knife he's selling. And, uh, <laughs> and that's what happened. And it just blew me away. You know, I was 21 years old at the time when she called me back and, and it just set this precedence for me as an, an awareness that how we treat people in business, whether they buy or not really dictates how they treat us long-term uh, in the business as well, whether they continue doing business with us or send us referrals. And so that was kind of a, um, a cornerstone of my business. And, and ultimately how that led to my career was uh, I was in, I got into corporate gifting and we do, you know, our company now we do um, business gifts for large companies, real estate agents, loan officers all over the country. And it prompted this project uh, in 2016, which ultimately became known as the Mr. Thank You Project, um, which b before I dive into that, I'll, I'll pause <laughs> I can always, yep. I can keep going, but uh, that, that's kind of the origin story. Yeah, no, I love it. So at a young age in business, you discovered the power of saying thank you and actually appreciating somebody for just being who they are and making connections. I, I, you know, I think as a business owner, we forget how valuable our clients and our customers and our employees are. And so I think it's just a good reminder of, of just a handwritten thank you note. Yeah, absolutely. 
So uh, do you want to go into what happened next? <laughs> Whatever you want, brother. This is your thing. I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm really actually curious how Mr. Thank You happened. Like, what's the world around that? Like, why did yeah. that come about? And actually, not the story that you tell from stage. Like, what was the process from you knew you needed to do something different and you wrote a book and now you speak publicly and people hire you and get in front of large audiences. So how did you discover what your project was going to be and how did it become Mr. Thank you? Like the, yeah. the real backstory. Sure. I mean, on the macro scale, just so everyone knows like what, what is Mr. Thank you. So um, it basically in 2016, October 10th of 2016, um, I started the Mr. Thank you project, which was a, a person, it started as a personal social experiment around gratitude for the sake that that was my job. My business was selling gifts to people. So I, I right. you know, I, my coin phrase was I was a gratitude salesman. So in 2016, it was also a very challenging time in my life because um, we had just, you know, we had our first child. Uh, we had just bought our first home. My wife left her job to become a stay-at-home mom. And then on top of that, we found out we we're expecting our second child. So it was like instantly I became the sole provider for multiple people and it, my job that used to be a joyful, fun thing became this stressful have to do. Like I had to do my job just to pay the bills. And so how it came about was I was, uh, yeah, I was on YouTube perusing around for inspirational videos, anything to kind of get me out of this funk. And, and I came across the Simon Sinek talk, the Start With Why, which is a very, if you haven't seen it, it's an amazing talk. It's called Start With Why by Simon Sinek. And he just said two sentences that changed my life and, and catalyzed this whole movement which was, uh, he said, people don't care what you do, they care why you do it. And in business, people don't care what you sell, they care why you're selling it. So if you want to be successful, start with why. Sure. And so I thought about that for myself, like what is that for me? And, and you know, when I, I realized that my, well, first of all, if I was being honest, my why at that moment was about survival. It was about like making ends meet. Oh. And, it wasn't anything inspiring. And so I thought, well, if, if I get to this, if what Simon says is correct, yep. right? That people don't care what you do. They care why you do it. And I get to decide my why, what would I choose? And then, so I just thought about like values and I, and I really did hold gratitude as a value. I think it's important that I do really believe it's one of those success principles that if you can't appreciate where you're at, you're not going to appreciate wherever you go in the future, even if you have big goals. So I thought, well, how can I find a way to embody gratitude at a high level to really influence my business? And habits, I think a lot of successful people are really focused on their habits. And there's a great book out there called The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. And in it, he talks about something called a keystone habit, which is a keystone habit is a habit you have that has a trickle-down effect and creates other good habits in your life. Hey everybody, Daniel Ramsey here, and I wanna tell you about an extraordinary offer to take action and start scaling your business right now. You know I get a lot of questions about how to grow your business, generate more revenue, and reduce expenses, and the answer is simple. It's My Outdesk Virtual Assistance. My Outdesk offers five-star virtual assistant services to thousands of business professionals across the United States and making our clients over $100 million in net revenue every year. Our customers absolutely love our virtual assistants, and I wanna give you the opportunity to learn exactly why. Simply text the word MOD, MOD, to 31996, and we're going to give you a free double my business strategy call 
where we work one-on-one -on -one with one of our business growth specialists to design an action strategy for growth and cost savings in your business. We're gonna give you over 20 growth and strategy guides, a market force personality indicator, an important business checklist, and hiring guides. My Outdesk admins can help manage your office, your sales, your marketing pipeline, and even help you lead generate and follow up. And during this call, you'll learn exactly how you can put them into your business right now. So again, text MOD to 31996 and get a free double my business strategy call right now and learn how my Outdesk can transform your business today. Yeah, so like working out, you get better sleep, you drink more water. You're so because because of the one activity of working out, it creates all these other positive things. So inside of that, I was like, well, how can I? What, what's that with gratitude? How can I find a way to do that? So that's where I I, just, I brought that myself back to that moment with Cynthia, and I thought about, wow, that was really impactful. What if I did that at scale, but like for for an extended length of time, like for one year, and uh, and that's what I decided to do. And I, I wound up settling on on committing for 365 consecutive days to handwrite five thank you cards every day uh, to different people. Um, and that adds up to 1,825 letters of appreciation in one year's time. Jeez. And the, you know, you don't even necessarily need to know everything that happened to just realize that when you make that level of commitment to anything in your life, right, that it's going to be consistent, because there were actually there were there were rules in place. The like number one rule was all the cards had to be handwritten. Uh, the second rule was that I could write a max of three cards per person. So meaning I couldn't write seventy five to my wife because that would get really annoying. <laughs> Although okay. she would like that. <laughs> Probably the first three, but uh, <laughs> uh, it, she would get she'd get over it pretty fast. I'm sure. Um, yeah. Like you don't need to thank me for buying you almond butter. Like I know you like almond butter more than peanut right. butter. Fine. Um, and the, the third rule was um, every day reset at zero. So I had to handwrite five cards every day. It couldn't be like 35 on Sunday. And then the final rule that I put in place was I committed that for any and every day that I missed writing five cards, I would donate $1,000 to charity. Yep. And, and that one was the one that kind of like throws people. It's like, why, where did that come from? And, you know, I had a coach I was working with at the time. I, I definitely recommend, you know, coaches and sales coaches. And I had one I worked with and, you know, he was like, Hey, you know, this sounds like a cool project, John, but what's the accountability? Like, how do we make sure you, you follow through every, every day? And yeah. so I said, well, you know, what if I donate a hundred dollars to charity? And I got all proud of that. I was like, Oh, that sounds like a good answer. And he said, add a zero. I was like, add a zero, like a thousand dollars. You mean to give away a thousand dollars for not writing five thank you cards in a day? Yeah. He's like, well, I don't want you to donate any money, but just think of this how many, how likely is it that this year you're going to donate a hundred or several hundred dollars to charities? I was like, yeah, of course. Like that's, you know, what we do in our, our family. And he says, well, then you're setting yourself up for failure. Right. Because if what, if what's at stake is a thousand dollars every day, how likely are you to miss a day? I said, no way. He's like, all right, <laughs> then add the zero. And, and so that's what, that's what was at stake. And, and like I was saying, it doesn't matter what you're committing to. It could be an exercise routine. It could be amount of lead gen calls you're making every day. When you make a really serious commitment in your life like that to do something right. every day, you're going to experience change at a very high level. And it was a very transformative year that ultimately um, was for me a, a fun, creative process. Cause every day I just found different people to appreciate ranging from, mm -hmm. 
you know, airplane pilots to flight attendants to, I wrote them to the trash men who pick up my trash every day, <laughs> every week. Uh, I send them to politicians, send them to my, to people who run companies that I love and value. I mean, it, yep. it, it, it was this really cool, interesting, challenging year. And out of it came a lot of crazy stories of experiences connecting with people. Some that I, I know that are, are close to me and some that are complete strangers. And those stories just kind of spread like wildfire and got me on, on stage at TEDx and, and ultimately, um, you know, a book and, and kind of doing what I do today. So that's like a, a bit of the, um, that's the, the Mr. Thank You project in a nutshell, a big nutshell, but that's, that's what the project is in a nutshell. And when you've worked with companies that have embraced this concept of writing handwritten letters, really appreciating on people um, and just like, sh- you know, sh- sharing gratitude, what ha- what kind of transformation have you seen inside companies when this yeah. is a central theme to their strategy? Great question. So there's two. There's a couple of things that I've noticed. The first one that was I couldn't tell you the answer to this until after the year was over, um, and this was on in, in related to our own personal business. Like we, uh, I made a commitment that every client that we work with that we closed a deal with throughout the year, um, I would I would handwrite and send them a thank you card thanking them for their business and, you know, try to make something personal about it. Like I appreciate this conversation and remembering when you talked about this and, and I really hope it goes well with X, Y, Z happening with this person at your company or with your family. And I tried to make them personal. And here was an amazing thing. Every company has an attrition rate, right? Most companies, if they're intelligent, track that, right? Like how many clients start doing, every model's different, right? And it could be uh, in real estate, uh, for contracts, listing agreements that you sign to clients that fall through, uh, right. or, or contracts you sign to clients who fall through, and it, you know if it's um, insurance, it's clients who start doing uh, business and then like quit, you know, halfway through the year or whatever. Right. So one of the things that we learned is for us, we had a pretty good cancellation ratio, is about like six percent total from our clients. So six percent of clients that would start would cancel for some reason, and. Ever, we, did, we had done this for several years. Our processes were really streamlined. The only thing we changed was adding a handwritten thank you coat, sorry, handwritten thank you note. The moment a client closed, like as soon as we signed the contract, paper was done, order was processed, we would write and send the card immediately so they get it in like two to three days. Yeah. The cancellation ratio got dropped to like two, like roughly two and a half, three percent. So that was a, that's a 40 to 50% drop in attrition. When you scale that commission-wise, that's tremendous. That was, right. that was thousands and thousands of dollars in commissions that was saved purely from this one, uh, this, this handwritten note. And here's why I think that works. Because, and this is, again, relating to the Cynthia story, the reason I love that is because there's so many things you can draw from it that are lessons that just are true regardless of a handwritten note. It's when people feel valued as a human being more than a customer. And when we sent those letters out, because here's the thing, the moment someone decides to do business with you, there's immediately this experience of regret or like, oh, I don't know, did I make the right decision? Am I spending too much money? And they start second guessing themselves because oftentimes they don't get to use your product or service immediately, right? They don't get the result. So they start to question themselves. So when they get something very quickly that shows a, I'm here for you, call me anytime, you can trust me. Uh, you know, I, and we don't say you can trust me because that sounds like that's what someone who you can't trust would say, right? Trust me, trust me. <laughs> but because of how you speak to them, because you remember something personal, because you took the time to do a handwritten card, which it sounds so simple, but because hardly anybody does it, 
it's extremely effective because you mean count on your hand how many handwritten cards you've gotten throughout the year most people it's less than five in a in a year maybe even in several years and so to get one from a salesperson or from someone they do business with not someone who like they gave a gift to for their wedding right but someone right. who does business with them they just like like wow this person's different and what i found is it is that we with those cards we would send them out more people would call who might have canceled they called with a question they brought their concern directly to us because they 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 respected us enough to say hey well, let me see if they can help me with this problem. And most of the time we could solve it and handle their question or their issue. And then they stuck. And so I, I think that, that alone made a really big difference um, in, the, in the direct monetary increases for our business. Nice. And when you're working with a, a customer, like what are some of the things that they go, John, I don't know about sending cards. Like that sounds like a really... Oh, that sounds horrible. How many cards you want me to sell, you know, or send, you know, what do you tell somebody like, you know, like me, <laughs> like you, <laughs> I, I say, find, I say, find the way that you are most comfortable making a meaningful connection with your clients. Right. It doesn't have to be a card. I am not a diehard. I don't physically sell thank you cards, Daniel, in case you're wrong. <laughs> I don't, like, it, it really, I mean, I'm sure we're probably going to be starting, you know, to sell cards because it's, you know, we're not going to make millions of dollars, but it's, it's part of our brand and it's our, our way. But the, what, I, what I've learned, and this is even a personal comment of like, as a business person, it's also, it is time intensive. You know, for me writing five cards every day, it took me about an hour to an hour and a half a day. Not everyone's willing to commit that time to make, to make such a personal note. So here, here's two things I would say. Number one, if you can, you don't worry about doing it to everybody, but find the handful of people where it might make a real difference to. Because Daniel Ramsey, like who you are is like you are a leader, you're a CEO, you run a company. So getting a letter, a handwritten letter from you means so much to somebody because they know how much your time is worth. So it creates a more meaningful impact. Now, even knowing that if you still don't want to do it, I would say grab your phone, make a personal video and, and, and text it to the client. You know, I did that one day. I was testing something out one day and I just grabbed my phone and I picked like 10 people that I wanted to connect with and follow up with. And some of them were family and friends. Some of them were clients. And I just made a short video, took about 30 seconds and I said, Hey, uh, I'm sitting here and I was at an event, a trade show and it was super boring and slow. So I just grabbed my phone. I, that's why I started doing this. And I just said, Hey, I'm at this event and it's kind of slow. And I, and as it was slow, I just started thinking about you. And I was just remembering like, man, I just so appreciate our relationship and the time that we got to spend, uh, you know, a, a couple summers ago, you know, when you invited us over to your house and we got to hang out together and, and, uh, you know, our, our wives got to pick pumpkins together at the pumpkin patch. And, um, like just that, that was so meaningful for me. So I just wanted to say, thank you. By the way, that that's, a, that's for Daniel Ramsey right there. Cause he actually did that for me. Uh, uh, we did do that, right? <laughs> and, uh, and so I sent, um, and so I sent a bunch of those videos out and number one for me, it felt just as good as writing the cards. And it was also almost immediate that people could watch the video and then they responded. It was like eight out of 10 people responded being like, oh my gosh, John, you're the best. Thank you so much. And then here, and here's what I try to create in my relationships 
is what I call the cell phone test, which is how do people respond to you when they see your name show up on their cell phone, right? Like so-and-so is calling. What is their reaction? Is it like, uh, they're just trying to sell me something. They're just trying to talk about their business. They're just trying to ask me for something. Or is it like, oh, it's John. I love John. I, I always feel better when John's around. John is just a good human being. What's up, John? How, how's it going? How can I help you? Whatever sure. I need to do on the front end or whatever you can do on the front end to create those relationships without needing anything, you're just really planting seeds for a relationship that ultimately is very lucrative and very profitable. But also it's just, it's just a, this is the phrase that I like to tell people is like, what we help people do is build a business you love that loves you back, right? Building a connection with clients that, that they appreciate you. Like, think about that. Like conceptually as a business, sometimes it's hard. It's like, it's like pushing uh, it, it's like pushing rocks uphill to try and just close the sale. But what about an experience where a after you do business with someone, somebody, they thank you for doing business, that they're appreciative of you as a salesperson, the business person. That's really spinning the model on its head. But that's what I seek to create in my clients. And what we try to teach people is that you can do that if you're intentional about making meaningful connections with, with people you do business with. Hmm. When do you send the card? Is it after the transaction? Is it before the transaction? Like, yeah. hey, that's a great question. So there, there are a couple ways to do it. Uh, one, typically, the um, we try to do it immediately. Now, here's something to know because uh, this is also frustrating for people when you start doing this. If you make gratitude a habit in your business and your life, is when you send a thank you card for someone who did business with you, they typically don't say anything. Like they're not going to say, hey, thank you so much for the awesome card. They typically don't. So it's kind of this like you don't know what really happens, but there is an effect, right? Uh, I remember I was at an event and uh, it was, I had met this client, literally made it, we made a sale. I sent her a thank you card immediately. Five days later, it was, this, it was this long multiple day trade show. One of her family members showed up to the, the booth and said, hey, I'm looking for John Israel. I need, I'm supposed to buy from John Israel. And I was like, I'm John Israel. Who are you? And she's like, oh, my, you know, my daughter bought from you a couple of days ago. And she said, you've got to find this guy. He's, a, he, he's an amazing guy. And he sent me a thank you card like days after I met him. Like, you've got to, you've got to meet him. And I was like, wow. Okay, so like there's a value in doing it immediately. I also recommend do it spontaneously like when it doesn't make sense. And this is a great thing to do with your gold group. Um, every business typically has your gold clients who they send you the most business, they, uh, they do the most business with you. And uh, I will just literally out of nowhere, uh, I'll just grab a card and I'll just do the exact same thing I just talked about. You know, hey, I was thinking about you today and I was just remembering, you know, how great it was when we met all these years ago. How crazy is it we met seven years ago at XYZ event and here we are still doing business together. And regardless of if you ever buy anything from me again or not, I just want to let you know how much I value you as a human being, as a parent, as a mother. I love seeing all your Facebook posts about your family and your kids and it's just such a great thing to see. And, um, you know, hey, if you ever need anything, let me know here for you. Take care, God bless, right? And Doing that anon like random, not anon anonymous, anonymously, that'd be strange, right? Get an anonymous thank you card. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, I didn't yeah. do any of that. Uh, but uh, 
we got so much reaction from people just um, because it was unprompted. Uh, I wasn't asking for anything, um, but it started conversations, which ultimately turned into more business or more referrals or just a better long-term relationship with somebody. And, um, and that, that man, what a, what a great place to run your business from because ultimately when we hit another down spire, a, a, a downturn or a challenging time in the market, you know, if we don't have meaningful relationships with our customers, it's going to be a tough go. Yep. But when we have really strong, powerful relationships with people who are like, you know, Hey, I might not, I might cut some expenses, but I'm, I'm always going to stay doing business with Daniel Ramsey or whoever, right. Insert your name there. That that's where these cards, that's where this time pays off. And it's kind of hard because you're like basically planting seeds. You won't grow. You won't see grow for maybe several years. One uh, friend of mine actually said that giving gifts and kind of appreciating and loving on your clients isn't necessarily to get them to give you more business, although they will. And it's not necessarily to elevate your brand, although it does. But it's so that there, if there is an issue or a challenge within your company or your service or your product, they will feel compelled to give you an opportunity to fix that issue. And uh, so I'm, I'm kind of curious what your opinion around that is. This is, uh, it's funny. It's like you're reading my blog post that I didn't, I didn't send up yet because I, I want to wait till I go to this event to, to, to make it more public. But um, I just had this experience, man. So I won't say who the person's name is, but yeah. um, there is, I'm really tight with some people who are big in the, the professional speaking space. Uh, you know, Hal Elrod's mutual friend of ours, uh, John Rulin. And there is this particular speaker trainer that they had recommended to me. And they were like, Hey, this guy's the best. If you want to, you know, scale your, your speaking business, like definitely talk to him. So he's got an event coming up and I was like, all right, boom, signed up. I'll pay for the VIP. Like I want to get everything I can from this guy. So, you know, I paid, you know, you know, almost a thousand bucks for my ticket and, and, um, I'm on Facebook and I see an ad for this event and it says free ticket to XYZ speaker live event. And I was like, free ticket. And so I click on it and it's the exact same event that I just paid a bunch of money to and it's a free ticket. Yeah. And I was like, so I bought it cause I'm like, well, I ain't no dummy. I'm going to see where this takes me. So I go through and I buy it. And then there's like a little up, you know, upcharge if you want to, you know, register for VIP and all this. And I immediately emailed them and I said, Hey, I am curious. Why did I pay X, Y, Z dollars and then just see an ad for free on Facebook. And yeah. then they, and they responded and they were like, Oh yeah, we were doing like some Facebook targeted ads and it looks like you, you accidentally fell into some category and it got advertised to you. Uh-huh. And I was like, I was like, okay, what would you like to do now? And I, I really, cause for me, this is my business. I teach people about the client experience and how to create engaging moments that keep people loyal. And these moments where people make a mistake is an opportunity to, to literally repel people and have them talk trash about you or create extreme loyalty. So right. here's what happened. Um, I said, Hey, uh, imagine you're in my, and I was, I, you know, I want, I'm like, I'm going to make this a teaching lesson. So <laughs> said, imagine you, I'm like, imagine you are in my shoes. You go somewhere, you go to Costco, you buy something that is a uh, hundred dollars. And then you, you go to another Costco a couple days later and you find that exact same thing on sale for $10. Yeah, you do. It's the same store, different, you know, different location. What, what do you do? A, you return your original product and buy the correct one at the discount of $10. 
B, you keep the product you have, but secretly resent it and the company every time you use it. Or C, you return the product, never do business with that company again and talk bad about them to everyone who you get a chance to talk to. Right. And so I said, how would you like to play this out? <laughs> and, and she said, let me get you somebody. So she finds me and this is all via email and she connects me with this guy and we have a conversation and I explained the deal. And he said, he's like, Hey man, we totally frank with you. We were, we were, we were testing something out. It was some target marketing accidentally got to you. Uh, we're fully going to honor the reduced price. Um, you know, it was our mistake. Uh, we'll even give you a little extra discount off of it just to make you happy here. And I was like, yeah. cool. Right. Yeah. And so I said, yes. And I kept my VIP and I, you know, got the event for several hundred dollars less than I was about to pay. And I'm looking forward to going to the event. Now, the reason I, I haven't even really met this guy much, the guy the I've seen him before somewhere, but like I've, I've seen him run his training, like on a small scale, but I was like looking forward to this event because he came so highly recommended and referred, I was willing to give him a second chance. Right. We don't always get that with most of our clients. So it's our job as much as we can to create these little micro moments or experiences. It might be a thank you card. It might be a gift. It might be a, a, a call just to follow up and make sure that they're utilizing everything correctly and getting the best experience with what they just bought from you. It could be any number of things, but that right. have them see that you're willing to go above and beyond and not just te teach them, treat them like a number, but treat them like a human being. Yeah, I think um, it's interesting because you talk about loyalty. Um, there's a large mastermind out there and he was having attrition problems. And so he sent everybody a t-shirt the day they signed up and they had the attrition drop by two thirds. Like they literally, <laughs> like because of a $25, I mean, it was a nice t-shirt, but it was a $25 t-shirt, you know? So I, I, and, and then, you know, they literally were able to extend the life of their, their mastermind just by sending a t-shirt. So I think it's, there's some powers in gift. Yeah. It, it, and Daniel, to speak to that, because I think there's actually a really good lesson for a lot of people listening here is this doesn't need to be grandiose. It doesn't need to be thousands and thousands of dollars. It could be a micro change, right? I'll give you a very simple example. And this is more like on the marketing side, which is kind of my background with like sales and marketing and, and utilizing it with gifting to create, to elicit response and create connections and all this. So we had a client who was having issues with, um, they were ordering a lot of our gifts to send out as thank you gifts. They were a loan officer. They were ordering a bunch of our product to give away as thank you gifts. And he had ordered a few times and I called him one time and I said, and he was like, yeah, I don't know, man, I'm not getting the response from people. They're not calling in. They're not telling me how much they like the gift. I don't know if I want to keep doing this. And you know what? I, I, I don't know if I want to keep doing this. And I said, okay, well, let me try one more thing. And if this doesn't work, then uh, I'll never ask you to do business with me again. Right. So what I did was I changed it instead of letting him give the gifts out. I took it on our company to do all the fulfillment. And so we sent all of his gifts out with it, all the gifts out to his clients with a, with a personalized note, not handwritten, but like a personalized letter to the client with their name on top and, you know, describing the gift and everything. Here's all we changed. We added one sentence that said, please call me when you get this. So I know that it showed up. All right. Wow. That was it. One sentence 
And he went from getting like 10% response rate to like 60% response where everyone, like 60% of people who got the gifts called him to thank him, which then, and this is the key, was an opportunity for him to reconnect, build relationship, ask how the property was, ask how the home was, ask for referrals. And it was that micro thing. And that's where sometimes it's good to get an outside view, right? Whether you have someone else outside of your business look at it or you hire a consultant or a coach because they can, they look at it from a perspective where they're not built into it. Right. And they can find little things like that. And that's what, that's one of the things we do for people. But it's, it was funny to see literally how small of a change, but how big of a difference it didn't cost him any more money. Um, yep. But we were able to make a much bigger impact. When um, you know, cause there's a lot of uh, stuff going around a CRM, like build a CRM, stay connected with your clients, you know, it should, your database is going to make you a, a million dollars, you know, all that craziness. Right. How would you incorporate this into like your strategy for marketing? Like, like we send newsletters, we'll send this video out, we'll do emails. How would you add gifting into it? And at what frequency for a, a normal business owner out there? Yeah, it's an interesting question. It's going to vary a little bit. One of the things you have to check is your profitability per client or your, like, a, um, what do they call it? Lifetime value of a client, right? And so you yeah. want to know those things, your annual value. And that's going to tell you a little bit about what you're willing to invest or spend. So for us, we try to uh, budget around 10 to 15% of our profit back into the client and the relationship. And that could be through a client appreciation event. It could be through um, sending them a gift. Uh, and, you know, it, it's, and it's not always like at scale. Some of this stuff is, is, um, is, is not cookie cutter where you just do the same thing for everyone. Um, the, one of the things I always tell people is if, if you're not doing this, um, segment the heck out of your CRM, right? So tag your clients for different derivatives. Um, you know, we've got our gold group clients. Um, I tag people from the event that I met them at. Um, so I can send somewhat of a personalized connection with them. Um, I will make notes into their account, especially for our top tier, like our, our premier clients, I'll make notes of what their hobbies are. Uh, a great thing that you can do is there's an all about you sheet. Um, I'm not, we didn't invent it or create it. You can find them from probably lots of real estate coaches out there, uh, but you can, um, or, or coaches in general, probably find it online, client appreciation, uh, or, uh, what did I call it? A, uh, all about you, all about you. And, and we send it to them and, and then they just, you know, they put in their favorite things, their favorite candy bar, their favorite movie, their favorite hobbies. And then we, and then periodically we'll just like, when we're going to do a gold group campaign. So we do that by, we'll do it like maybe two or three times a year and we'll take something simple and we'll send it to them. Like one of my clients, uh, he's a, he's a top mortgage loan officer at San Luis Obispo and we sent, um, he loves to bicycle and yep. he loves burritos. Uh, and so I, I, I found this, I was just like, I knew that, or he loved Mexican food. And I just, I found this funny t-shirt online. I just looked up funny t-shirts for cyclists. And it was like, out of nowhere, I saw this like, uh, um, funny t-shirt and it was like, uh, um, it was like a bicycle. And then it was like a, a stick man. And it said like runs on burritos or something silly like that. And I bought it for 15 bucks and I mailed it to him and he thought it was the greatest thing in the world. And that guy sure. continues to do business with us. So um, I think the way that you can use it is obviously sometimes at scale, um, but segment the heck out of it if you can, and then make notes on the, on the VIP so you can make personal connections with them and do things that they're like, wow, how the heck did they remember that? That's the yep. thing that really, that when you know you're doing it right, when they're like, how did you remember that my favorite candy bar was what? Or uh, do you, Daniel, do you remember what we, what we did with you guys with uh, when you were telling us one of your favorite things that you get in Texas? 
Yeah, yeah. You sent us a bunch of uh, coffee. So I, I personally drink a particular coffee and you can only get it in Texas. They won't send it to California. There's some trade thing. And, and you guys sent us an entire bag of it. And, and it's my favorite coffee. It, and you know what? I would not do that for 99% of clients, but for the people who I think I like, I want to keep building relationships with that I, I value, who I think are just great human beings, I'll do that. Because it's right. like, it, it, I think that, uh, you know, it makes a difference. And here we are, you know, we haven't gotten to speak much Daniel in like the last year, right? But here we are. And it's just, you know, it's so easy to reconnect right. when you take the time with people. Yeah. What, let, let's talk about screwing it up. And we only have a couple more minutes. I want to respect your time. Um, but in the last couple, I mean, we have clients I, and I tell them all the time, like when somebody gives you a referral, it's the moment that they give that you need to give right? So send them a thank you, send them a, a gift, whatever. But a lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to wait till the transaction closes so I can get the revenue from that transaction. And then I'll send them a thank you. So like, and that's just dumb, right? But what are some ways to not screw this gift giving up? I've heard the way to do it right is give authentically, try to personalize it, make sure that you're allocating a certain amount of your profit to pouring back into your client. What other things are best practices or things to avoid? Okay. So <laughs> around, I mean, it's, it's such a big topic, right? Like our friend, John Rulin wrote a book on this called giftology. That's a, so step one, buy giftology and read it. Cause that's got, that's okay. got all the gold. Most of the great stuff that I teach people, not, well, I shouldn't say most of it. Some of the strategic gifting stuff I learned from John Rulin. He's a very close friend of ours. Uh, okay. And uh, definitely check his book. By the out. way, by the way, just yep. a quick side story. I flew with my daughter to St. Louis. I land, I post a picture and John recognizes the hotel that we're staying at. And so the very next morning, there's a spread of way too much candy in oh my, my <laughs> and a gift for my, my, my five-year-old at the time. He got her a train and a stuffy. And a bunch of candy bars. He's like, you're in St. Louis, dude. I didn't know. And I was, and so like, and he saw on my Facebook and the moment, and the next minute I'm smothered in candy. So you guys definitely know how to make somebody feel awesome. How um, funny. So not, no, the, not surprised. And that's <laughs> right. Like that, that's the thing is like the, the stories with that guy is just endlessly finds creative ways to, to love on people. Um, and that, that may be the lesson, you know, is to not be worried about doing it right. Here's how you can do it wrong is to treat everybody the same. That's yeah. how you can do it wrong is, is to assume everybody's the same, um, you know, branding stuff with your logo all over it and sending it to them and hoping they'll, they'll love to wear it. it it's just, you know, make it personal, make it, make it direct to them. And if you can't figure that out, hire somebody to do it for you. There's a lot of gifting concierge services. We do some of that for people. I know Roland does that for people. Um, and, uh, you know, hire your assistant to do it, whatever. But um, uh, I think that the simple strategy is to just not be like everyone else, right? I mean, and, and then I would even say, you know, kind of to what you said, Daniel, um, you know, wait, wait till after the transaction's over to send the gift. That might be true. I mean, we, we, we encourage that as well to a degree, but we also tell people don't give, like if, you're, if someone's in real estate, right? We say, don't give your gift on closing day. And they're like, why? And like, cause they'll never remember it. Closing day is crazy. They, they've got their house in boxes. You give them anything. They're probably going to lose it. 
uh, and we've surveyed people. We just say, you know, when we, we survey a lot of clients in, in the world about real estate and like their, their agents and how they remember their agent's name. And, and uh, I think the number was staggering. It was like 9% of the population can name their real estate agent by name. That's right. What if they did the largest purchase financial transaction of their life and they can't remember the guy who did it, right? Or facilitated wait, wait. it. That's crazy. Wait, here's the stat and it's, it blows my mind because I'm a real estate broker and I love serving real estate people and businesses growing. So nine out of 10 consumers liked working with their agent and would hire them again, but only one out of 10 actually do because those agents don't follow up with their clients and stay in, in, in relationship with them. So anyways, that's the stat. Right. And, and so like the simple, there you go. Appreciate that. Um, the, the, so the, the, so then what do you do? Right. So what we tell people is we say, wait for one month after the transaction, um, to pop by with a gift and you just give them a call and say, Hey, uh, Jim, uh, got something for you. Wanted to pop by and check on the house. Uh, got a minute and they're like, yeah, sure. And you come on by, you bring the gift, whatever you give them. And, and it's, it's an opportunity to reconnect. And, and this is where I think uh, this is a huge, like if you're going to just like take any notes on anything, this is the one thing that I feel it's not even like proprietary, like we invented it, but like we, we, we have like tested things out. We find that you get way more retention with your clients when you make strategically plant uh, an opportunity to make a connection, right? We all just want an excuse to say hi, but that's a great opportunity when you give a gift to also create the con every interaction with the client is an opportunity to build the relationship and create the context of how to keep using you, right? right? So after you give somebody a gift, they're in a peak emotional state. They're feeling good. They're feeling grateful. You gave them something. And that's yep. a great opportunity to say, hey, and Jim, you know what? Since I'm over here, um, I know we're all done with the transaction, but there's going to be other opportunities for us to keep working together in the future. Do you mind if I take a minute and just go over some of those with you? Beautiful. They say. Yeah, sure. That's fine. Okay, great. Hey, so just a couple of things like after someone moves into a home, what we've typically found is the idea and the process of buying a home just comes up in conversation with friends and family. So if that happens with anyone that you're talking to, feel free to do like a text message introduction or a Facebook intro, and I'll have any conversation with them if, it, if it's going to help them. Um, also, one of the interesting things is as people start to get into their home, um, I don't know, have you guys ever considered investing in real estate? Right. It's one of the specialties I do in real estate. We, we work with a lot of investors. We help find really good cash flowing properties at great prices. So if that's something you're ever interested in, you come up with some extra money, you want to do that, let me know because we actually help people specialize with that. I even have a lot of connections with property management. We can help you with that. And then you, you basically just teach them how to keep using you. And it's right. and like, but here's how people do that incorrectly is they send a flyer in the mail. They right. send them an email in their CRM that they didn't make, but some they bought at a real estate convention that's generic for everybody. And, yeah. and they just hope the clients will keep buying. That's, it's just, it, that's called getting lucky, right? If you're strategic and intelligent about it, utilize an opportunity to give a gift to also create the context of how to keep using you because they're in a good state, they're remembering you, and then just be consistent. Be consistent with staying in touch with them. It doesn't have to be like a phone call every month, but you know, there's a lot of different philosophies out there, but that's where you get a better pull with any marketing you do because you've set the stage on the front end of how to keep serving them over time. And that's, that's how we feel that you can do it right. And boom, mic drop. John Israel, Mr. Thank you. You're awesome, man. You, you shared a lot of love with our audience. I really appreciate your time today. Thanks for coming. Hey, thanks for having me, Daniel.